You are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Welcome to the Coffee and Calling podcast with Griffin Dan. Griffin, how are we doing this week, brother? Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. <laughs> what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? What are we doing? Right a generation here? goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Amen. Is that your reflection after finals week? Yep. <laughs> Vanity. 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 It's all vanity. It's all vanity. There's nothing new under the sun. But with that, Griffin, will you tell us who our guest is today? We are joined by the illustrious <laughs> Isaac Steiner. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Live studio audience there. Oh, Introduce Isaac. yourself, brother. Yeah. My name is uh, Isaac Steiner. I am a junior here at IWU. I am in the current program, so I'm in uh, Christian ministry as my major. Um, but I am also on the tennis team here. And so I get to have fun with some athletics and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's really all there is to me while I'm here. I will use a uh, code Steiner on Elevated Faith. If you want to uh, get a discount. <laughs> that's by the funny. Way, that actually might have been expired because I haven't done anything for them in, ever since I got the code. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, this is a singles matchup. Prime prime Isaac Steiner versus Prime Eddie Shigley. Who's who's taking the prime? dub? Prime. Prime. Me all day. <laughs> all day. Oh, if you guys nice. don't know, Eddie was our pa- one of our past guests, and he is the... Is, who, who is he to you, Isaac? Eddie Shigley? Yeah. He goes by many titles. Many titles. Everybody knows him as something different. But he's coach usually. Eddie, Dr. Shiggs. I had him for New Testament and things like that. But outside of tennis, I'll just call him Eddie. But at at tennis practice, it's coach. So there's like three different titles <laughs> I know him by. <laughs> and when it comes down to the 1v1 on the matchup, he he's apparently the Omega and you're the Alpha. Ah, yes. <laughs> Is it like a blowout dub? Blowout dub, dude. How many sets you winning? Versus him? Yeah. However many I need to win. <laughs> mean? Like, we're playing best two out of three. I win yeah. two. If yep. <laughs> best out of five, I win three. That is. Whew. That is. Did he say something different? No, we didn't oh, ask no, him. No, no, we didn't that ask was off him. The cuff. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's got the confidence, though. He'd be like, oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Well, We'd go out at, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Hey, go for it. I just the, just a small interjection continuing on our competitions with uh, Eddie Shigley. I remember going at it with him in, uh, in uh, intramural basketball, my sophomore year, and that dude plays hard. Well, he's he is he an gets athlete. competitive. I don't think he quite remembers how old he is, though. No. Just because he goes so hard, I feel like any wrong step, he's gonna break his whole body. I'm <laughs> afraid to get too physical back, but that's <laughs> for another time. He's so on a, I'm on a uh, college intramural team with him. Oh, I was year. gonna join their team freshman year. Oh, dude. freshman year. I, I'm okay. I can't do it this year. Yeah. Oh. You were on with him freshman year or this year? This year. And then I'm also going to be in the pro league, too. You're part of the same team as me? Oh, sure. Yeah, team. yeah, we're on the Preachers same team. Preachers and Sneakers. Yeah, bro. Hey, shout, yeah. out, shout out to the intramural team this year. If y'all, I don't know where you are at in the podcast, but if you want to go watch 
good basketball. Amen. Come watch preachers and sneakers. Preachers and fundamental sneakers. hoops. If you want to see a, a fundamental wrestler playing basketball, come watch Dan. Oh goodness. <laughs> Look for the guy with the supreme sleeves on. That's all you got to know. No center of gravity. He's boxing anybody out. Anybody. Everywhere and anywhere. You know, even Jokic ain't got nothing on me. Oh, no. And I'll be the first to say that. that. His hey. brothers will come and get you. Oh, yeah, oh. they will. Uh, so, Isaac, we got a question that we ask everybody on the pod. Uh, something that we don't preference to people beforehand. So, we want to let you know. We, I know you're not a coffee drinker. Yeah. You got an avalanche, no, but if anybody yeah. doesn't know, an avalanche is this beautiful Oreo uh, milkshake type of contraption that our coffee shop here at Iwu has made. It's an amazing drink. Scrum diddly umptious. It destroys your stomach. Oh, oh, yeah, it does. Two different responses there. It's, it's good. good. It's good. But it gets you. But it wrecks you. Don't drink it before taking a final. You'll be done. <laughs> You'll have to run. But you're not taking a final. You're just having a conversation. Yeah. You're having an avalanche mm -hmm. with one person in the Bible other than Jesus. Who are you having that avalanche with? Oh, my days, bro. Other than Jesus. Mm -hmm. Character in the Bible. Job. Mm. Job. I would love to hear, um, especially right now, what it's like, like to truly go through suffering like he did. Obviously, there's not too many people that have gone through suffering like him. But then to remain faithful yet still feel the things that you're feeling. But how how do you feel the things that you're feeling but not feed the, feed those things, but then also rely on God while yet having these emotions mm -hmm. and things like that. But there would be a lot to talk about. <laughs> Hopefully you'd be a little bit better to talk to than his buddies. <laughs> I think I'd encourage him a little more. <laughs> I don't know. They were kind of down bad. I mean, it was, what's the one verse? They like sat with him yeah. for seven nights just being there for a brother, and then, then they were snakes. They should have just out. sat. <laughs> so hey, maybe that's the maybe, maybe that's the, the lesson in itself is like, you know, don't try to talk somebody out of their suffering. Just sit there, you know, just play play Destiny two with them. Or it's like the people I don't that know you know about that. Halo. <laughs> Sometimes the people that you think are close to you, snakes. Give it some time, and you know their character might truly show. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. I'll True. tell you that. Um, for you, what is some of the times that like, because one thing I kind of asked like the guest and everything is like, what's a certain section within Job's story that you read read through or you come to and it always just, I would say impacts you anytime you like start reading through it. Yeah. Um, there's a part towards the end when it talks about Job going through all this stuff and it talks about like there's refinement in that and then it's like through this process and through these things that suck. Um, comes out gold mm. and just talking about like sometimes yeah we go through these things but the end goal like is a beautiful thing but there has to be a process towards it and you can't skip the process once to get there you know what I'm saying mm. I'm not trying to be like this motivational speaker where it's like oh you gotta go through the pain and all that <laughs> stuff but it's like everybody wants the end goal and this beautiful piece of gold but don't really understand what is necessary to produce such things mm. and so it's a beautiful thing just to see like that whole process, but then also like you can read through the story and be in it with him where it's like, yeah, I get that that's the end goal, but like, look at this crap he's gone through. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> Literally has nothing left. 
you say that motivational speaker part, you guys will probably recognize when you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, <laughs> that's when you'll be successful. You Come see on, those? Yes. <laughs> gotta have drive. Gotta have power. We stay humble. We devour. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Some of those, I'm not going to lie. Some of these people in the sermons, they, you'd be driving through a brick wall. I mean, like they, they'd be preaching like to my, my guy, Stephen Furtick. And everything. And there's sometimes it is preaching though, where I'll be seeing it. And I, I kind of put him up when I'm in my workouts and everything. Cause he goes into some things where one time he was talking about bench pressing. Oh my and he's like, gosh. he's like, when you got the weight on you, he said, if someone just takes the weight off the moment you start struggling, they're not a good spotter. A spotter will let you push. A spotter will let you take some of the weight so that when you get it up, you got to get sore if you want to get swole. <laughs> Is that what he and said? And then he goes, and then he goes, God's the best spotter you can have because he'll let some weight come down on you so that you can be stronger. And I was sitting there, I was like, let's go. Looks like I'm doing chest today. <laughs> Looks like I'm doing chest. It is. I'm How skipping much you, leg day today right now. I was going to squat. Chest. doing chest day number three. Chest day number three. <laughs> Somebody That's asked me to spot. It. Don't worry about it. God's got it. God's <laughs> got you. He's going to spot I'm you. I'm good. He's like, really? You're putting three plates on there. I've only ever seen you do one. He's, <laughs> he's got me. Yeah, trust me. Listen, I heard a brother. great word this weekend. I really believe it. I'm, I'm speaking it. I'm receiving it. Brother, you're on the cross country <laughs> team. You can't be doing that, man. <laughs> Tennis team, but same thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh those motivational gosh. speakers man sometimes sometimes they make me mad mm -hmm. honestly yeah just because it's like all about you and what uh, you can do and yeah I'm just like man, dude that was true an interesting word that and i love to hear what you like the word that's been bothering me recently is when people have been like i'm gonna manifest something into speaking happening. Into so i'm gonna speak it into existence like that's what like ever since i was a kid i wanted to do this manifesting your energy and i manifested it into happening, like all these like things. And I was just in there and I'd, and it's such like a, a cheap way of us taking credit for the gifts that God has given us. Mm -hmm. Like no matter if you're a believer or not, there are special talents just within because God still made you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Come on. And I think a lot of people, they just take this credit and they say, no, I manifested this. Mm -hmm. No, I did this. And it's almost like we can go back to Job. Who put that? Who put the foundation of the earth yeah. where into were place? You, where were you when <laughs> I created this? I don't you know, know, God, in your thoughts. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they always said, you have to find the answer within yourself. But I don't think you can find the answer within yourself until you allow Jesus to come into you. Because that's where the, that's, Jesus that's, is always Jesus the answer. Jesus is always the answer. And Jesus Christ! And it's, I think <laughs> that guy's good too. motivational speakers always have that like tendency mm. of like, you know, it's motivating in the sense of like, you're going to find it within yourself. Um but in our belief system, it's like understanding how almost like depraved we are and yeah. how coming to the end of ourselves is where we actually begin to find. What is uh, uh, John Bellion in Stupid Deep? What if who I'm supposed to be was always me? And what I always hear that line is you, bear the, you are to bear the image of God and who you were supposed to be mm -hmm. was given to you. Yeah. It's just us discovering what that image is. Mm. So, mm. this. Mm -hmm. yeah, <sighs> crazy stuff. True, goodness, Griffin. Will you give him that that famous question? You know, we love asking the point why we're we're really even why we're here. 
part two, you know, we started with coffee. We were talking about that. And Isaac, now it's time for you to tell us a little bit about your calling and um, I guess what you wanted to be when you were growing up and then what God flipped and turned that into, you know, the path to yeah. get getting where you are now, how your calls evolved over, you know, your time here at Indiana Wesleyan. Um, and then finally, like uh, where you hope God's leading you or where you yeah. think God's leading you. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I think as I've looked back on it on my life, like all these like puzzle pieces that I had and didn't know what they were for until God like revealed the calling to me my senior year, but I'll get to that. Um, growing up, I started playing tennis from a young age and that was a lot of my life traveling on the weekends with my brother and my family to play tournaments and all these things. Um, and it soon became my identity and what I wanted to do. So it was like, my, once I got to freshman year, sophomore year in high school, um, all I wanted to do was go play D1 tennis, play as big as I could. And I, and I honestly could have if I wanted to. But um, right around sophomore year, I started getting a massive head, just like super egotistical and very prideful um, because I was actually winning tournaments that I thought I should win. I was getting this recognition that I thought I deserved. And one tournament I was playing and I ended up breaking my knee and finding out what that was. And it just took me out of tennis for like seven to eight months. Mm. And so it was this time where I would play the card like I knew it was a gift from God and just saying like, you gave me this gift. Why would you take it away from me and all this stuff? Uh, <laughs> acting as if that's how I treated it. I can mm. guilt trip God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but through that, like there was a perspective change and like from because of my mentors, my families and my friends, like they're just speaking into me, like what God was doing, what he was allowing, why he was doing these certain things, like this whole process I was going through, like what we talked about. A big part of my story with that is being refined, like mm -hmm. gold or silver with the silversmith or goldsmith or whatever. Um, God had to take some impurities out of my life. And it was a lot to do with my <laughs> selfishness. I was conceited and uh, prideful. Um, but you had to take that out because come to now. Um, I was able to get a scholarship here and come to school here and play tennis. I will, I would not have been able to come here if I did not have the gift with tennis and the ability to play so at a high level. And so instead of something that was everything I was, it was more now like, like a bridge to get somewhere where mm -hmm. God wanted me to be. But first, when I, when I first saw that, I was like, okay, that's cool. Like I want to be a doctor though, like in high school. <laughs> In high school, I loved science. I loved learning about the body. But the reason I loved it was because I wanted to help people. But at the same time, I was fascinated by the body, just how it was created and how I believed it pointed to God, like even more so because of how complex it was. Mm -hmm. And so all of my classes were geared towards that. I was taking advanced anatomy, all these biology classes and biomed and all that stuff, going to hospitals, whatever. But then um, my senior year came around. And uh, I don't know if this is like at every high school, but... <laughs> If girls want to be nurses or go to be like doctors or anything medical, they are the most competitive people in high school to get internships mm -hmm. with. Because it's like, I thought like, oh yeah, I'll go like shadow a doctor or something like that'd be easy, right? And we get to it and a year ahead of schedule, girls are already applying for internships. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I didn't do it at all. And so we get to senior year, literally the week of, and I don't have an internship. And I'm oh like, what God. am I supposed to do? And I loved my home church and I still do, of course, but I knew the youth pastors. I knew the pastors on staff, all of them there. And I was just like, Hey, can I do an internship with you guys? And they're like, yeah, of course. What the heck? Um, so that's what I did. So I wanted to be a doctor, but I went to a church for an internship. Um, 
But when I showed up, it was cool just because I was super invested in the into the youth group. Mm-hmm. And what was cool is as as this internship went along, they saw something in me that I didn't see, right? When we talk about calling, a lot of times it's either God places his calling directly to you and like it's a re- special revelation to you um, or it will be like other people affirming something in you that you didn't even know about yourself. And either way, there's going to be affirmation along the way. Yeah. And so we keep going and I gain more and more responsibility through the youth group. I'm leading small groups. I'm leading like the openings, pr- opening prayers for worship. Um, but then we get to a point where like, hey, do you want to preach? Do you want to give a sermon? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I give one. It was awesome. Got a lot of affirmation. And what was cool was, um, as I spoke, even in that time when I was uh, fresh to it and I had a lot of things to clean up about how I spoke and how I communicated, the Lord was still able to speak through me because one woman who was a volunteer, not even just a student, was coming up to me crying and saying that the words as me as a senior in high school spoke to her as an adult was just like, I needed to hear this and God needed to speak this to me because my family's going through some crap right now and we have to fight through it, all this stuff. And so we keep going and I get to speak again at, at youth group. And this one was incredible just seeing how the Lord led. Um, and just like there was a spontaneous moment of prayer. And it was super cool how God placed me in a spot to guide that. But then we move on and there's 21 days of prayer at our church. And I was like the only high schooler that would go to it. And so when there was a day to pray for the youth in the high school, they asked me to speak on it. And I was speaking in front of our congregation for this. And after that, this is like when I started to actually see what people were speaking to me, like here and there through it. They're like, oh, seems like you have like gift of speaking a little bit or what's that? And I was just like blowing it off, laughing and stuff. And then we get to this and I have a like a bunch of just older people that I don't even know coming up to me and just affirming something in me that I didn't know. They're just saying like, like that is a gift and you need to like lean into that, to go into that. And it would be a waste if you didn't use that gift and all these things. And I was like, okay, thanks. I don't know you, but thanks yeah. and all this stuff. And so talking about people affirming things in you that you didn't know about. After that, I went and talked to my youth pastor. I was like, okay, what's up with this? Because I don't under, I don't understand why people are saying these things. And like, you have a gift and people see a calling on your life that you might not see. And so I was just like, I had to process that. They're like, pray about it. Like, you need to take time and think about this and really process what God's doing in your life. And I was gifted more and more responsibility through the youth group as time went on. Um, I was able to do the internship for the whole year. Um, but then the cherry on top was I, w- I went to a uh, youth conference my entire high school career called CDYC. And this would be like where like tons of churches would come. So there's thousands of students there. And my senior year, they asked me to be a speaker for one of the sessions. And I was like, what? Like, I've never heard (laughs) this before. It's all this stuff. And, and like, yeah, we, we need, we need, we want a student speaking. And so I was like, shoot. Okay. So I just like kind of gave my testimony as my sermon and like, you know, it turned into more into a sermon than just a testimony. But after that, like the affirmation I received there, my mom, my mom was the greatest like piece that I got where it was just like, directly from the Lord where she's like, I've been praying for you and all these things. And as you were speaking, I kind of got this vision of seeing you um, at these things and like getting affirmation that this is like where God has you. This is where God's going to use you and all these things, speaking to the masses, but then also like being in like super intimate personal times with small groups and things like that. And I was just like, like this is my mom talking to me. My mom's never talked to me like this. My mom is great and loves me perfectly, like as perfectly as a woman can. And she just like was crying and just look at me like, I know that this is where God has you. 
And she's like, I'm proud of you as my son that like God is using you in this way. And so through that dude, like just (laughs) affirmation after affirmation after affirmation, bro. And it was Mm -hmm. just nuts. Just getting more responsibility and these people seeing stuff in me that I didn't see in myself. And before the senior year, I already committed to IWU. So I was Mm -hmm. planning to go to IWU to play tennis and be a doctor. That's what I was planning on doing. But then I had the senior year. My summer, summer before, I call up Eddie, the coach, (laughs) and I was just like, hey, I think this is what's happening. I explained to him all. And I'm like, I think I'm called into ministry. And he's like, yeah, definitely. It sounds like it. And all this stuff. And we switched tracks. And then I hop in the current program because my brother, who's two years older than me, came here with tennis and went into the current program for ministry. And so I was just like, wow, like (laughs) we kind of have the same journey in a sense, just um, looks a bit different. But that's like, that's how I got here, um, where God has called me to in uh, trying to trying to steward that well. And since I've been here, since I've received that call, I've gained more and more affirmation through internships. Um, and just different moments of responsibility in, in church around here um, that the Lord has called me to this place, now learning about more of where I'm called in the church necessarily. Um, I want to ask, was it easy switch, like uh, switching from like being focused on like, you're going to do pre-med, you're going to be a doctor. Um, walk us a little bit through what your mindset was, like coming to the realization that you were called into ministry. And then like, was that hard? Was that difficult for you to like, to, to, I guess, step into that call? Yeah. I would say only one reason it was financially. Yeah. Because I grew up, my family, we were blessed and never did I, never did we live in poverty and never did we live in that thing, but we were also tight on budget a lot. And so there was a lot of things we couldn't do. And I remember that and grow up, you know, when you grow up and you're like at an age where you like, you understand money. You finally get it. Yeah. You finally get it where it's like, dang, my parents are really paying a lot. I don't want to do this because it costs money. Uh Uh-huh. That's like where I came to the, came to that. Um, And so one of my greatest desires was when I am married or when I am a husband and a (laughs) father, I was like, I never want my kids or my wife to stress about finances. And to stress about where, like, never to be at a point, where's the next food coming? Mm-hmm. House payments, bill payments, all these things. I was like, I never want that to happen. And so I, that's why, like, I was like, doctor's perfect because that's something I want to do. And then also, like, it pays well. And so um, my family would be taken care of. But then as this came up, and I was just like, I have to kind of give that up because working in the church is about, like, the money. You know, like, God takes care of his people. And you can actually make good money in the church. Um but that's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was going through and praying that and talking to my dad, because for about most of my life gr- growing up, my mom didn't work. And she had she had her master's degree. She could teach before I was born or like in the beginning of when I, when I was young. She was a prof at, at a college in Fort Wayne where we're from. Mm-hmm. But then she stopped because she hated it. And then my like, end of high school career, she got back into teaching at a high school and she hated it. I'm just like, stop doing what you hate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we lived off of my dad's income. And my dad is not even like, I call him a, like the pastor of the school that I grew up because he's, he's working with a company called Youth for Christ. And he does like campus life yeah. events. If you've heard of campus life ever at our school. And that's what he does. I never knew how much he made and I never care. But once I did start caring, I found out how much he made and made around like 30,000. 40,000, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was questioning, like, how are we living the way that we're living 
off of that. Yeah. There's five in the family. Like, uh-huh. how are we living off of thirty to forty thousand um, dollars of income? You know, um, well, my dad was his degree is accountant, but he can handle money well. But the thing was, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And so I just started talking to him and all these things. He's like, the Lord has blessed us and the Lord has provided for us. And I remember him just telling me stories. The way that we've been blessed is families have legit, like in the community, have come together and paid for our houses, mm. have come together and paid for our bills, have come together, taken us out, all, all these things. And it's just like, like seeing how my Lord, ah, well, how the Lord has been faithful to us, like because my, my dad has trusted God with where we're at, where mm-hmm. it's like, this doesn't yeah. financially make sense to us logically at all. But to see that I never was fearful of like, of like the food or things like that, where I was provided for, I was taken care of. It was ultimately because God took care of our family because my parents were being faithful to where they were called. Mm-hmm. And so like, yes, it was hard because I wanted that financial security, not just for myself, but for my fa- future family, if that's where the Lord places me and calls me. But it's now like giving that up and I think it's easier for me to give it up now because I've grown up in that mm-hmm. where I talk to other people and they're just like, no, like you need to be financially stable. You need all these things. Like it's good to be. I'm like, yeah, it's good to be, but I don't need it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I have a God who will provide for me. You know, he takes care of the sparrows. How much more will he take care of me? Cause he Come died on. for me. And so I've lived in that. And so it was easier for me to make that transition just like, because I had that conversation with my dad just about how the Lord has been faithful to our family. And so since I've lived in that, I'm like, that's part of, part of me. Mm-hmm. I just grew up seeing that. So like, I know that will happen for me. Mm-hmm. If the Lord calls yep. me somewhere, he's not going to leave me just like he didn't leave my family. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes, anytime, it's more than a blanket statement for people like your family. And I would say that very similarly for my family. I was in a ministry family also my dad was a pastor he's been on this show before and everything and there's been times where like financially like it didn't make sense how we got by and a lot of times when they ask like people like financially and those people will say like we're gonna pray and trust the lord if you're like man i just you know it's such a blanket statement and i think if you just say that it is a blanket statement but when you share the testimony like you just did anybody that's listening that's like wondering like how sometimes we can say these things so Flippantly, almost. Mm-hmm. It's not flipping. It's when you have no. tasted and seen, <laughs> proof and is you, in the pudding, and you've seen the Lord do it. It's like when they say we need to pray and trust the Lord. It is legitimately like that's all we know yeah. to do. That yeah. and the thing is, your dad was also a good steward of the money that he was given. Like the Lord blessed, but with the money that he did earn, like you said, they budgeted. They were a good steward. Yeah. Being, you know. Being in the ministry, and also this is for people that want to pursue ministry, if you have fears of stuff financially, is be a good steward of what the Lord has given you and trust that he will bless. If, if you are where God wants you to be, his provision is over you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we trust in. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what the word tells us, and we have to. And <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the only answer we can really come to in those moments yeah. is yeah. that, you know, or if there's something we need to change in our finances, the Lord will bless that. So I— I really, I love that story because it just shows this example of how like, yeah, for anybody listening, like those stories show that those statements, they're more than just this blanket, like get over it. It's this, no, like I've been there and this is all, this is all I knew to do. And God was there. So I want to build off like the importance of like good stewardship just for a second. Right. Like if anybody's listening, you know, you're in high school and you have a job and you're worried about your finances now. Yeah. Start budgeting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Because before you can be trusted with <laughs> more money, if you can't that. handle, <laughs> I didn't either. I wish I would have. If you can't like quit overspending on like your fast food, you know, minimum wage yeah. salary or whatever you're bringing in, you, you, you're going to be in trouble when you actually have money. When you actually have money and you can actually buy like adult things, like you're going to be in the hot seat. So like be a good steward early mm-hmm. when you don't have to, so that when you have to, it's easy. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm still trying to like get a hold of myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not even bringing in big bucks either. Like, <laughs> trust me. But the wife's taking good care of me. You know? <laughs> Come on. You hey, know? Man. Noelle's getting I love that. you, babe. <laughs> I love you. Shout out to Noel. Shout out to the wife. Uh, so um, next question for you, bro. Um, I remember, you know, freshman year, you came in, dude, and you just like a firecracker, man. Like y'all don't even like this. Home. He's still this. He's even more excited probably now Come about on. stuff. Come on, baby. He's, he's still, he's probably, I, I'll say you have a nice zeal to you, Isaac. That'd be Thank my, you. my thing is, so you come in and I'm a, it, yeah, it was just awesome. It's been awesome the last few years to see you grow and everything. How has, cause you talked about the past struggle of the pride and the ego. Has yeah, any man. of that been, you know, has the enemy ever tried to use that within ministry too? Oh my days, dude. Yeah, of course. I think, I think one thing like I want to make clear is just that my pride and my ego is something that for me personally, I always have to check. Come on. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's true for everybody, but like, that's one emphasis on my life. Like everything in my life, um, I've been blessed a lot and sometimes it can go to my head and sometimes I think I have it all. Um, but here, <laughs> yeah, it, I think it was amplified in different, um, different areas of my life. So at first it was with just sports and athletics, but now it was comparison of knowledge of the Bible, comparison of how I spoke, comparison of the answers that I have. Um, and I'm just going to be real honest. Um, one of the things the other night I had to, so this is, this is now, um, that I had to repent of was thinking that my answer is so good that everybody needs to hear it. Thinking that my answer is better than what other people have to say. And then this was the, this is one that killed to say, thinking that my answer, what I had to say was better than what the Bible had to say in a sense, because I, because I was like, oh yeah, what I'm saying lines up with the Bible, but it's my words. And so I thought it was more important for me to say that than just to read scripture over somebody. Sheesh. And I was, I got convicted that where the Lord was like, yeah, like, obviously that's wrong. Like, obviously that's yeah. not in line, but that was like pride. Mm-hmm. That was pride of yeah. the, the blessings of wisdom and knowledge that I've gained over this time. And it just became something that I gripped on. Like, this is me. And so thankfully my brothers were there with me and I was able to confess that and repent with them. And they mm-hmm. got to pray that over me. Um, but dude, talk about pride and, ego and self-centeredness like mm-hmm. it comes a lot just in the different areas um yeah here you know was that minor profits for what was you said that was in a class when you when you felt like that did i say a class you said a class i didn't hear a class no it was uh if i did say class i apologize but it Maybe was just the other night i had a, like a little bit of a prayer night with some friends um and that that's when that happened yeah but uh, if it weren't a class, it would have been in Minor Profits. Hey, Minor Profits is a great <laughs> class. We love you, uh, we love yo. you, BB. Dude, yeah. But like, for example, like a lot of people don't come here with as much experience as I was given in preaching. Uh-huh. Um, 
And so I had a lot of time to, and to talk with people about like preaching and things like that. And like hearing that I have that gift and I do believe I have a gift of communication, but like it got to my head where when other people were communicating and saying things, I was like, I would have said that differently. I would have said that this way. And this is why it's right. Like in harm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Now, now I will say though, in Ham, it was better because this was like at the beginning where I was like, oh my gosh, like I have more experience than other people. But then hearing other people speak, I'm like, dang, they're good. You yeah, know? that's and fire. Then, and then also hearing from other people, like, like for example, Cam Stilson, he was in the same boat. He was my mentor for a little bit when I was like first freshman year. He was like yeah. where I'm at now. And he was able to pour in me where it was just like, he was the big speaker on campus for students. Mm-hmm. And he had that gift, but he was like, I had to come to the realization that I speak just differently than other people. And he's like, I came in with this big head that I can speak better than others, but it's just that now I got to refine some stuff and other people had the gift as well. And so that was good for me to hear because I was in that yeah. same spot thinking that I could speak better than others simply because I'm loud and outgoing <laughs> and passionate yeah. and confident. I want to cut in stream unconditional on Spotify. Cam Stilson, baby. Drop that new single. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> Wait, my. what? He's, he's dropping music now. Yeah, no he way. put it on Spotify. Unconditional. He's speaking that. Oh, he's speaking different now. <laughs> he got the raps going. It's pretty good. Bars. It's, it's pretty good. He's dropping bars. Tyler, let's see. We see if you can put that in, in the, uh, <laughs> in the, put it in the show notes. Yes. Uh, that's yes. incredible. I, yeah. def- I definitely feel that though, man. And it's really, it's, it's extremely honest. And I appreciate you being honest with that. But I mean, we got to wrestle. I mean, you got to wrestle with this. And I was going to ask you, and you can keep, you you can answer this more, but I thought one of the things I was going to ask you, what are the ways that you combat these mm. things? And I think you said it so great, confession. Bro, yeah, so, yeah. Y'all, like Andy Minio said it best, I need some people to slap me when I talk crazy. Like that's that's straight up. It's that we need people to check us when yeah. and say our, our whack, our kind of like thoughts of like, I think this and I think that. And we just need someone to, hey, man, that, 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 ain't, ain't, from, that ain't from the Lord. <laughs> you missed that one. You missed on that one. That's Lord. Bro, that's facts because it's like when I was talking with Noah Yurt about this, he legit just goes, that's pride of all pride. Yeah. And I was like, like, oh, I was like, you didn't need to put it like that, yeah, man. No. Like, but he's like, he's like, no, that is like, I'm glad you confessed it and that's raw and real, but that's what that is. And I was just like, dang, yeah. bro. Like, so like when you talk about like having some people slap you when you're crazy, like that was that's that a real friend. That's that. a real friend, though. Yeah. I mean, that's a real friend who's willing to do that. Like, not yeah. afraid to to get you mad. You know, He'll tell you something you might not want to hear, even yeah. though it's good for you. And sometimes yeah. when you get mad, though, that that means they're probably saying the right thing. Oh, they oh, hit you where it hurt. Sure is, they got you where it hurt. You, if you, you sure get that frustration, like, ah, oh, they right though. But here's they the thing, like, like when he does that, there was there was a moment of like defensiveness where I wanted to defend myself and take back kind of what I said. I wanted to be like. And make it sound like less worse than what yeah. it was. That's right? not what I meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, but then I sat there and I was like, literally, me getting defensive about him rebuking me is my issue. Like, uh-huh. if you if you get offended by a brother rebuking you, there's an ego issue. Mm-hmm. There's there's a pride problem there because yeah. <laughs> you think they're attacking you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you have to defend your honor. I don't have to defend anything about myself. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like this is the problem. This is what I face. Let's confess it. Let's repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what, that's what it took. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, coming to college, like, and going forth, bro, that's going to be something I deal with a lot. Um, yeah. But when you talk about how do I com- combat this, mm-hmm. this is how, this is what this I, I did. My yeah. <laughs> I get on my knees and raise my hands. Like, Amen. Hallelujah. Shamona. No, but it's like, 
I asked God to place a thorn in my side. Mm. Where it was just like, because a thorn, no shout out to know you're out for this. A thorn isn't just like this weapon or something that just like afflicts us. While yes, like we hear that from Paul, but it's a defense mechanism from pride. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I have this in me. So that way I can defend, depend on the Lord and boast in his strength because I am weak. Mm. And it's just like, I think a lot of times my pride came from a place where it's like, bro, my whole life in ministry, I've been affirmed. Mm-hmm. Like every time it's just like, oh, you do this so well. You do this so well. And like it's built me up so much. But there's a point where I need to be told like, like where I need to be rebuked, where I need to be convicted, where I need to be yeah. challenged, all these things where it's like, because when I'm being told that things, I'm not seeing my weaknesses. Nope. And so now it's, oh, I have everything together. Mm. And so now this ministry needs me to go on. Mm-hmm. And like we all know, like that's not, that's not a good thought. That's pride right there. Mm-hmm. And so praying that prayer is like a dangerous prayer where it's like, I, I think I understand what I'm praying for, but also like the Lord's going to bring in maybe in some way I don't, don't know, but just to humble me, yeah, just mm-hmm. to, just to show me my weakness so I can just be, so your strengths can be glorified in me because all these things that I do is for the glory of God. And if it means that I have to be stripped of my strengths and just shown my weaknesses to see his, his strengths coming in that, then do it. Like mm-hmm. put that thorn in me so that way I can like stay away from pride. Yeah. I think that's, um, that, that reminds, you know, uh, being poor in spirit. I think the opposite of thinking yourself rich in spirit would be like the Pharisees, right? Like they had, they had the entire uh, Torah memorized you know, they had all the answers. They knew scripture front to back. They could quote it at you left and right and do whatever, but they weren't willing to be instructed. They weren't, they, they didn't want to hear the corrections from Jesus because it made them look like fools. It made them yeah. look stupid mm, and they didn't like that rebuke, but they didn't respond well to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like the difference between what we're talking about is you're accepting like from your friend Noah, like you were accepting that with like a gracious open heart. And I ne- don't necessarily think that the Lord's going to strip you from your strengths. I think he gave you those for a reason, Yeah. but just being more aware of your weaknesses, because like, not only like, can you better serve Christ, but you're going to grow professionally and you're become a, you'll become a better and better pastor. The more you lean into your weaknesses, because they'll start to be less and less of a weakness, the more you lean into it, the more you pray about it, yeah. you know, the more you read, the more you practice. And I think the Lord can turn, you know, he'll turn those weaknesses into strengths if you lean on him in those moments yeah. of weakness. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I look at the story of like with Moses and things like that. Um, I can't talk to him. I can't yeah, do that. Bro, God. Like, literally that hey, like, like physical weakness hey, where it's just with speech. Ah, <laughs> nah. But it's just like with speech Bing and bong. it's like, that's perfect because now only God can be glorified because yeah. it's like, how could somebody with this speech impediment like do these crazy things? God, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so it's like, if I have to have a weakness such as that for God to gain glory and me not to gain glory, like, like that's what I'm about because I'm all mm-hmm. about God's glory and him. He's the only one that one deserves it, but like no, no human deserves that glory. No human can receive that glory. Like, yeah. like I read some commentaries when Paul's talking about that thorn in his side. And some people say like, um, some people said it could have been like an issue with his eyesight or he could have had a stutter. And I was like, the apostle Paul with a stutter. Are you serious? <laughs> stutter? Are you serious? That doesn't make no sense. Yeah. 
No. And I'm like, you know, I don't think th- that's, that's not a hindrance because our words don't have power in themselves right. anyways, whether we pronounce things the right that's way or not. You that's know? a word. So it's like, if you're up there stuttering, the Holy Spirit smacks somebody upside the head with your stutter words. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. bro, <laughs> come on. Bro. Stephen Furtick doesn't have no power in himself and he speaks very well. Yeah. Very good speaker. But the only person that gives him any power in his speech, in his, in his sermons is the Holy Spirit. And that's something we have to constantly remember yeah. is, you know, it might be okay to take inspiration from some people on like speaking styles or writing styles or whatever style you want. But ultimately the one who's affecting that work is the Holy Spirit at all times. So like, mm-hmm. as long as your goal is to glorify God and, and let the Holy Spirit breathe through you and speak and move through you, then God's word will not return void and it will Amen. accomplish what you're putting it out there to accomplish. Amen. Amen. And that's like the difficult thing I had to get through too. When I was in Ham, I was like, man, like some of these guys are so good. Or like given my senior sermon at Exit Church, that's Forrest Brown's church. Listen to his episode on, on the uh, Coffee and Calling podcast. But I was like, bro, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I have to keep telling myself, you ain't doing nothing. I was like, God's the one that's up there doing the work. Yeah. You like I prepped. I don't want to act like I didn't do anything to prep for the sermon, but like this, the, uh, the sermon would fail if I didn't speak through the Holy spirit. Yeah. The only way it would have succeeded is if I had the Holy spirit in me when I was up there speaking and I let him guide the process. Mm -hmm. So I guess if there's anybody that's nervous about, I can't speak. There's a ton of, there's a ton of preachers who can't speak, who still, you know, change people's lives. For real, dude. For yeah. real. And it's just like, I'm so thankful for the fact that I'm just called to be a faithful servant, you know, instead of just like a successful one. Where it's just like, um, yeah, when I remember a friend just saying to me the other day where it's like, God says, well done, good and faithful servant, not good and successful servant. All these things like that, the success, the effectiveness, all this stuff, that's up to God. Like what mm-hmm. he wants to do with that, you know? But, like, the only thing that God calls me to do is be faithful and obedient with what the yeah. task that he has given me. And yeah, so if it is on. to speak, then I speak. If it's to go and serve, then I serve. If it's go and, like, meet the poor, then I meet the poor and all these things. But one thing I've been leaning into is confidence in where God has placed me. Where mm-hmm. it's like, if the creator of the universe has placed me in this spot for this and given me this mm-hmm. task, then nobody has the right to tell me that I'm not the man for the yeah. job. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, no matter how many weaknesses that I have, no matter how many fails I've had, if God has placed me there, then I am the man for the job because God says so, not because I say so, not because anybody else says so, but because God says so. Yeah. And so I want to be like living in that confidence that mm-hmm. that he has given me to mm-hmm. be th- to be that man. Yeah. That just reminded me a little bit back to Ecclesiastes, but like serious, like serious this time. I was serious earlier too, but like, this is a good, this is, this Mm -hmm. is the second to last verse in the book. You know, a lot of, a lot of it in the middle is like, I was reading, I was like, man, this is, (laughs) to be honest with you, that was my first time reading Ecclesiastes was when I read it yesterday. And I was like, dang, I didn't know that this was in here. Uh, I've heard about it and that's why I didn't read it. But I read it and I was like, that was fire. That was like the most productive time in scripture I've had in a while. But second to last verse, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. So it's like, as long as you're walking in like a righteous fear of God and and living out to be faithful, you know, to the greatest commandment to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Like that's the only thing we can really strive for. And whatever else comes is from God anyways. Amen. 
So yep. I'm trying to get that in my thick skull right now. That was a word to myself, so, honestly. Uh, bro, that's yeah, a word. Matthew, um, I preached on this last week, and it's actually Matthew 25. It's the parable of the talents or the parable of the bags of gold. So the master is leaving out of town and represents Jesus as he leaves this earth and he'll be coming back one day. Um, and we in this story are the servants and one servant was given five, one was given two and another was given one each according to their abilities, meaning that the master knows what each servant could handle and what each servant could do. So there is different levels of responsibilities that we will have as believers. And some will look like they have more responsibility than the others, but it doesn't mean you're less than it just means that the master knows what you're capable of doing and what with your given abilities. Now, obviously I'm not going to share the the last part, which is the servant that does nothing with its gift and everything just takes the gold and puts it in a hole in the ground. But the, the servants with five talents and the servant with two talents, both went and invested and used it and actually doubled the portion of their talents. So to mind you this, a talent back then is, would be considered $2 million today. So some NFTs. Yeah. (laughs) They doubled it. Now the master says this response to both of the servants, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Jesus does not care about if we do the biggest things. He cares if we are faithful Mm. in all things. Mm. Jesus did not call us into ministry to lead the biggest ministry. Yeah. Jesus called us into ministry to be faithful in the ministry he has led us to. Amen. That is the point of why we are pastors. That is the deeming of success. That is the deeming of being a good and faithful servant is doing with the little and he will give you more responsibility as you go on. If you want to see more opportunities for you to live out your faith, live out your faith in the ways that you have been led to right now. And I guarantee you, you'll start seeing more. And what Isaac and like uh, Griffin were bouncing off of so well is that, Yes, we do have certain weaknesses. Yes, there's certain things that we struggle in, but the master knows that and the master still uses us. And he says, I know these things are hard, but be faithful, be good in what I've given you. And if you're asking right now, like, man, but, and actually, you know what? I'm going to go into the third servant. The third servant did nothing with it. And the reason was, is that if you dug a hole in the ground, what it actually meant is the rabbis would teach that you should put the money in the hole in the ground because then there's no liability to you if it's stolen. That's literally how they worked back then. So what he said was, I'm going to keep it safe for the master. No, he was playing it safe for himself. I won't get he in was, trouble if I lose it. I won't be it. in trouble if I lose it. I'll be self-seeking. And we put this up where it's almost like sneaker collectors that they don't use sneakers Preaches. and they literally go up. Imagine going up to somebody that made a sneaker meant to be used. And you said, here it is. It doesn't have any blemishes. It's perfect. It's great. And I did this to honor you. They'd be like, why'd you do that? What? I made that so that people would use it. That's the same thing. As so we your come feet up, would be protected, I'd be protected. And we go up to Jesus and we take these giftings. We take these abilities and everything. And sometimes because we didn't get as much as everybody else, we're just like, you know what? I would have messed it up anyway, so I'm not even going to use it. Yeah. And we look at God and we're like, 
and we think that we're protecting God. When the point of it was using our gifts was never to protect God. It was so that we could do the ministry of the Lord, so that we could partner with him, so that he could wipe every tear away, so that he could yeah. clean any blemish, anything, yeah. any mistakes that we made. Is God not big enough that he could, is power made perfect in our weakness? Which Paul says right after the thorn in the flesh thing. So we ask ourselves this, is that, man, I feel like I'm at my least. Those sermons when you feel like, man, am I going to be able to deliver this? No matter what weaknesses you have, is his power not made perfect in your weakness? Sometimes I'm going to be honest with you guys. I pray that I'm in my less than when I go up there because then I know I'm at the end of myself. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we should pray is that no matter what happens when we go up there, if we believe the message of God and we steward that well, um, no matter if we're perfect or not, we go up there and whenever you use your, your gifts, this is important for anybody listening as you're like discovering this calling is that if you come from the mindset, God, I'm going to do the most and I'm going to do the biggest things for you, you will use your gifts for the wrong reason. But if you say, Lord, I will be faithful when anything you give to me, it'll change the way you do ministry. Yeah. And yeah. Mm. So I think a lot of this has been just about like stewardship. We talked about financial stewardship earlier. Um, and now being a good steward of like the talents that God's gifted you so Isaac, if there was something you could tell someone that's kind of, uh, at the point you are at in high school, you're wrestling with your call. Um, what would you tell someone in that position knowing what you know now, what would your encouragement to them be? Yeah. I would encourage them if they're wrestling with the call to seek um, wise counsel. Like that's what I did first and foremost. Um, because yeah, there's other people that pointed me to where I didn't know I needed to be. But then also like praying through that. But then also once you come to the, the point that this is where God has called you, then you have to be faithful to it. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, like I'm reminded of Jonah. He was called to Nineveh. Run away. He went to, yeah, he ran the other way. And it's like, like if God has called you somewhere and you go somewhere else, like you will be miserable. Yeah, you'll You know what it. I mean? Like you will, you will not feel um, the satisfaction and the fulfillment of what God has, has given to you in your life or what he has planned for your life. Um, but yeah, I would just tell you to, <laughs> uh, for most people, like just be where you are. Um, and stop focusing so much on like the future things. Yeah. Um, and even so much on the past things. Wow. But, um, that's something I've been learning in my life now is that everything God has entrusted me with now I've missed because I've been so focused on being somewhere else mm. or like I've desired to be in a different season. Than I am, I've desired to be in a, um, just a different spot in all, um, mm -hmm. than I am now. Yeah. But then when I came to a point where it was like, nah, God has me in this point right now. He has given me everything that I need. I'm going to live faithfully in what he has given me and what he has entrusted me with. And that's what I would encourage people with, where it's just like, wherever you are, that's where God has you. And stop desiring something that he has not given you. Come on. Mm -hmm. Whatever he has given you is enough. And that's what he has for the season for you. So be faithful with it. And you'll see like fruits of your labor, fruits of your work, because you have been faithful with 
with the faithful with little, you can be faithful with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I would just encourage people with is just like, we can get so wrapped up in the future in future's desires when in all in the Bible, it's just God does not reveal those future things to us. Nope. He reveals the next few steps. It says the, the word is a lamp to our feet and a guide to our path, you know, and a lamp isn't bright, bro. Like a lamp, a lamp shows the next couple steps and that's all God shows It'll us. Make sure you don't trip over something. Yeah, exactly. It is like right in front of you. It's like, takes these next couple steps. I have shown you what I'm calling you into. I have, I'm not asking you to, to see this whole picture and then take the step. I'm asking yeah. you to see these next couple steps and trust me that I have the whole picture in mind. Mm-hmm. And so like going back to Job, it's like that whole thing, like this is what I have in front, but look at what the gold is going to be in the end, Come giving on. back everything double. Like yep. that's like the Lord is faithful to those who are faithful and obedient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to hear that myself. That was good. Come on. <sighs> well, yeah, as we kind of land this, land, land this right here, Isaac, land that ship, land that ship real nice. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we want to go into a time of affirmation. This is where me and Griff both affirm you in some way based off of what we've heard. Um, and I can start. Uh, Isaac, it is, you are one of my dear brothers in Christ on this campus. Um, ever since your freshman year, uh, my sophomore year. Um, it's an yeah, old man. <laughs> it, it has been awesome to see you grow in your faith and just your zeal. I remember those times of us going for prayer walks. Um, just the <laughs> amount of like, yeah, there is so much in you that desires. And I don't think I've ever met you at a point in your life where you haven't been hungry for more. Mm-hmm. And I want to affirm that in you is that you don't get easily content. And a lot of people, you're content um, in the circumstances at times that the Lord has given you, but you're never content with the fact of like, okay, I've done enough. And that's an important mentality to be of like, you know, living that lifestyle of like, it's not about doing enough. It's just keep doing what the Lord has asked you to do. And you live with that really well. And I say another thing is that you have, from what you've told us today, just up front today, is that recognize, dude, that the integrity the Lord has shaped in you, confessing things that people often would never want to say out loud because they would think, what if people think of me this way if I said this? But what you have done, man, is you have spoken it out loud and has diminished the the schemes of the enemy that try yeah. to come against yeah. you. It's like, I see this trap you're setting for me, and my brothers are going to be with me to help me yeah. and hold me accountable. And that honesty and integrity, um, I wouldn't even say just on the mere thing of, oh, that's going to make you a great pastor. No, that that is going to be that is going to form you into his image, mm. which is for you as a human being changes the way that you live this life. And those are things I just love about you, man. And I just Thank see you, in you, brother. I received that. Thank you. Earliest memory. We haven't like interacted a whole bunch um, outside of like Noggle, but earliest memory I think I have is I remember playing pickup ball yeah, bro. <laughs> with you in the wreck your freshman year. And I think you came in with like some tennis shoes on. I was like, who is this joker? He's not even playing in basketball shoes. And then you clowned us. You absolutely clowned us. I was like, this is stupid. He's so fast. This but guy's got Pegasus. He's on. got Pegasus. <laughs> he can fly. Oh my days, dude. I remember that. I remember because uh was was Eli playing too? Yep. I thought he was. Yep. Yeah, Eli was better than he looked too. Yeah. 
you know, I was he looks like, like a dork, but he's an athlete. Oh, he's ridiculously good athlete. He's strong <laughs> and he's got a low center of gravity and he's fast and he jumps higher than he looks like he can. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, I want to affirm your athletic ability because it's impressive. <laughs> whoop, whoop. But if I you also go, please. I'm good. Yeah, we're pumping you up. We're t- this is we're testing you right now. Okay. Um, I want to affirm like your your passion and your energy. Like it's it's infectious. It really is infectious. Um, are you doing CM or are you doing youth? CM. CM. Okay. I was gonna say, like you're gonna be great. Like getting getting teams motivated and like mm. that's something. Thank you. I wish I had. Well, yeah, I do wish I had a little bit more energy sometimes, but maybe that's the four thirty wake up talking <laughs> through. Um, but in like your your hunger for knowledge, like those two things in tandem, I think are going to be huge for you in your future. Your ability to communicate clearly with high energy, um, coupled with your hunger for knowledge and um, like the way you can store that information is going to be invaluable tools. Keep feeding that, you know, um, and keep that humble and contrite spirit where you're willing to be corrected. It takes a lot of humility to actually be willing to accept correction and reproval. So hold on to that because I think we all need it every once in a while, you know, yeah. and it's good that you've got friends that are willing to actually correct yeah. you. Praise God. Um, cause some people don't, <laughs> some people will just be like, no, yeah, you were totally right in that situation. Instead <laughs> of being like, no, bro, you dropped the ball. So Hold on to those friends as well. And I, yeah. I think you're, you're going to do amazing things. Yeah, bro. Thanks. I received that. Yeah. So, to end, how can we pray for you, brother? Yeah, man. Um, one simple prayer. Uh, for the Lord to keep me in the fire as long as he wants. That's where I've been. That's where I, what I've been praying. Mm. And so I just ask that. Like, I think sometimes I've been... Um, where I am, I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm learning so much and growing so much, but it hurts and it, it sucks. Yeah. But at the same time, like when I learn one thing or like I have that moment of just where something that I've been telling myself in my head comes to my heart, I'm like, okay, I've learned this. So like, am I done with the fire now? And then it just keeps going. And it's like to have that heart where it's like, no, like I'm, I'm in this as long as he desires me to be in it. Mm-hmm. And I'll take joy because I know I'm looking more like him every single day because this fire is bringing up more and more impurities in my life that need to be taken. And so, yeah, I just ask like for me to have the eyes and the mind and the heart to see and understand what the Lord is doing um, and to be able to to discern the next steps that he gives me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And to be content in that, Mm -hmm. uh, to be content in the fire. Awesome. Would you like to close or would you like me to? I don't know. I can. You can. Go for it, brother. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> Ain't nobody praying for me. Um, Father God, we just want to thank you for this time you've given us to spend together. Um, I want to thank you for Isaac, his infectious energy, uh, the way he's kind of radiates throughout a room and brings joy to it, the joy of the Lord. Um, I pray that you would keep him in trials and in fires as long as it takes to transform him and to... Um, purge the whatever impurities there might be uh, in him so that he can look more and more um, like you, Jesus. Uh, I pray that he would hold on to the lantern that is you, uh, that is your word to continue to to guide his feet. Um, 
and that he he would always remember that you'll you, you might choose to show him the whole picture, but most of the time it's just going to be that next step. Um, and I pray that he would be content in that. God, I pray contentedness over Isaac, that wherever he's at, wherever you've placed him, whether it's in a time of suffering, a time of tribulation, or a time of comfort and great success, whatever the situation might be, that he would be content in that situation and that he would be faithful to whatever you'd called him to here and now. That he'd be excited about the future, but wouldn't look so far ahead that he's overlooking whatever you've put right in front of him. I pray all these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, boys. Amen. Appreciate that. that. Whew. Well, for everybody to know, we, Isaac, we had a fun time. Thanks for coming on to the show again, brother. We really appreciate that. Um, somebody was clapping. I, I was like, what's going on? I was like, is that Hallie? Clap for me. Clap for me. Please, please. Goodness. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, yo. Woo, woo, woo. What are you... <laughs> I know a boy so, ain't barking up in here. <laughs> I'm so glad that we've gotten such good use out of this soundboard here. <laughs> Where my dog's is, at. Where my dog's at. My dog's that in is. the yard. Uh, just to let everybody know, some other things that we have on the Called Collective is that we got a great podcast called Good Days with, hey, play it, Griffin. Good Days. With Charlie <laughs> and... Uh, that was Charlie Alcock's voice, a professor here. He is the leader of youth ministry events and also Dr. Eddie Shigley, who is the leader of the current program here at Indiana Wesleyan University. They have a podcast of two guys that have been in ministry for a while, Good chopping it up, days. talking some great things, having some laughs. I, I recommend you guys go listen to that. By the way, we got some other cool stuff coming up for you guys soon. And just to give a quick shout out to my buddies in Oklahoma Wesleyan, uh, there Ooh. is a podcast called Coffee with the Bros. And it's started by a guy named Joe Pena and Benjamin Bender. Uh, those are two guys that love the Lord and they also have a podcast. So if you guys are looking for other content and other great podcasts talking about this crazy journey that we call Callings into Ministry, Go check them out. And again, thank you all for listening so much. And Griffin, send us out, brother. All the music you've heard on today's episode is brought to you by the band Caledonia. You can find them on Instagram at Official Caledonia. And you can find their band camp in the show notes down below. Hopefully you'll also find Cam Stilson's new single, Unconditional, in the show notes down below. But if not, it's easy to find. That is. All right. See you all later.
Seasons come and 